I just think it's important to really stop, you know, and enjoy the moment and live in the moment as well as, you know, always moving ourselves forward. And because sometimes that can lead to a lot of stress. And if you live in the moment, you just, you can sort of exhale and just enjoy your life. This is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. Today, I am so excited to have Jody B. Miller on the show today. Jody is a TEDx and global speaker. She writes books and articles about finding meaning and happiness and work and life workplace collaboration, and moving outside your comfort zone to achieve peak performance. She contributes to numerous publications, including Entrepreneur Magazine, CEO Magazine, Bloomberg, LinkedIn, HuffPost, Thrive Global, Business Success Magazine, among others. She is interviewed regularly on television, radio, and global podcasts, and hosts the top-ranked radio podcast, The Misogi Method. Welcome, Jody B. Miller. So excited to have you on today. Thanks so much, Clint. I am really, really happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, as we get started here today, I just want you to be able to maybe tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, I'm sort of an unusual story. I'm an eclectic story. And I think a lot of that entrepreneurial way of life that I have led has stemmed from just overall curiosity starting as a child. I grew up in a house with one bathroom and seven people in this little town in New Jersey. So you can imagine five kids in five years, all of us teenagers wanting to use one bathroom. Oh my so, goodness. <laughs> that's <laughs> that can a, that's be a little a, challenging. That's a busy household. We, we have problems with that at my house. We have six kids and we have oh several more bathrooms than that. And we, uh, we have the same problems. So I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, I, I finally learned and later in life I had four bathrooms. <laughs> so anyway, that was important to me. Um, I love it. So I sort of learned how to become an entrepreneur very young. And one of the things that I realized is that we didn't have a lot of money. So I had to find ways to make money. And as a young girl, I used to go to the YMCA and make, go to these craft, free craft classes and make these cardboard bracelets that I'd wrap it with colored raffi. Like it looks like straw, but it's colored. And oh, then yeah. I'd go... I'd go right downtown and sell them to this little store called Hands and Feet, which is like a hippy dippy 70s store, you know, with like the glow posters on the wall and, you know, mood lights and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And they bought them. They bought them. So I started getting money that way. And then I got a job very early. And the reason why I did that is because I realized very young, as I said, we didn't have money. And I was a cheerleader and I was also on the gymnastics team and on the track team and you had to buy your uniforms and we didn't have the money to do that. So I found ways to make money so that I was always very current on all the things I needed in my school. I also put myself through college completely, 100%. And I think when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you have to look back in your childhood and say, where does this come from? Sometimes it comes from parents who, who are, or academics maybe, and you want to, you want to impress them or, or maybe it comes from not having a lot of money and you feel like that fear. So it drives you forward like a survivor, or maybe it's because you met someone along the way that inspired you or, or you just have that kind of creative mind. 
So a lot of different ways people become entrepreneurs. And, and I think mine was more of a survival at a young age, but that changed because I, I started landing opportunities. And then once I realized I could make money, I started to look into what I really loved. So if you can make the transition, if you're like me, where you started out without a lot of money and then you ended up having money, you start to look more internal to what do I really want to do? What do I really love? And so that changed my whole life from sort of desperation to aspiration. You know, what what did I aspire to? And that led me on many different careers, Clint, because as I said, I'm very curious and I'm not afraid to ask questions and I'm not afraid to take big leaps and I'm not afraid to just put it out there. I don't really care what others think. I, I care. I'm not brazen. I'm very positive, but I don't absorb other people's negativity. If that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. You just, you, you're, you're one that'll make sure that, that if you feel like something needs to be done, you, you do it. You don't let other people's input decide what you do. Right. But I do my research and I surround myself with support and I'm realistic too. So an example, here's an example. Two of my kids went through very high-end private schools in the Bay area and Every summer during like the junior high and younger years, all the parents would send their girls to the same summer camp in Tahoe, the same one. And they'd always have to go with a friend. And I used to think, well, that's stupid. Why do you send your kid to camp? It's so that they meet new people. They, they step outside their comfort zone. They have to figure it out. They have to make new friends. So I always sent my kids to this little church camp in the middle of nowhere where all these inner city kids would come in and they learned a lot about life. So that's just one example of just not always listening to what everyone else does. And I think really good entrepreneurs in life, look at Steve Jobs, look at some very famous ones and not so famous ones, follow their own path. And I think that's important. I love that. Yeah. Instead of, instead of doing whatever everybody else does, looking and saying, like you said, early on in life, you determined, you started with survival and then you went to, well, what do I really want? And I love that. And yeah. And so I decided I want to be in TV. You know, I was going to be the next Barbara Walters. That was it. (laughs) That's a huge aspiration, right? It's like, I know, yeah, but it fits because I mean, my Masogi Method podcast, my TEDx talk, they all relate to this, which is funny. And when I I have this new course coming out called The Unforgettable Talk You Are Meant to Give, and I've done a lot of coaching one-on-one with people creating these talks and and having them give them. And as you know, I've done a TEDx talk and spoken all all over the world, actually, about all kinds of things about finding what you're meant to do, work, happiness, happiness in your life, et cetera. So here I am thinking, you know, I want to be the next Barbara Walters. So how am I going to get there? So I'm in college and I go downtown in Santa Barbara. I didn't have a car. I was at UC Santa Barbara. So I take the bus and I I remember this. I wouldn't get home to like 11 at night on the bus, which is kind of scary. And I convinced the TV station owner to let me do a show called People's Opinion. And I would go out on the streets of Santa Barbara and ask them their opinion on things that were facing the city. So I became sort of like a little reporter you know, it was, it was fun and I did it for free, but I got a reel out of it. And so that helped me get opportunities in San Francisco. And then I wanted to move to New York. But when I got to New York, I got a job with a small media company 
And of course, I wanted to be, you know, big network. So I went to this event at the Waldorf Astoria that had the owner of CBS, the president of CBS, and a member of the Federal Communications Commission, which is the governing board that tells companies how many media outlets they can buy in each market. So they're they're pretty important. And there was a, yeah, there's a cameraman and a lighting person and about 200 people in the room. And I had this overwhelming inspiration. And this is something I want your, your audience and listeners to, to really consider. When you have that, and you get that pit in your stomach and you know, without a doubt, I have to do this. And it's a positive thing. You should just do it. And otherwise I think you'll have regrets. So at that moment, I'm with a guest at this event and I said, Hey, I'll be right back. And he goes, well, where are you going? You can't leave me alone here. And I go, I just, I'll be right back. So I had a little pencil skirt on and high heels and and, you know, my little corporate blazer and I just clip, clip, clipped across the floor in the middle of this ballroom all by myself <laughs> with nobody else. <laughs> and I went up to the owner of CBS, whose um, name he, he's since passed, but um, Lawrence Tish. And I said, hello, Mr. Tish, I'm Jody. I'm going to be working for you in three weeks. And he just looked at me and he goes, well, I guess you are with that kind of confidence. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he introduced me around and I sat there for 10 minutes or stood there. And then everyone else started to come up and um, one gentleman stopped me. He said, thank you for um, breaking the ice for us all. And I was working at CBS three weeks later. That's incredible. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's just one I'm, example of like, you know, going for it. Yeah. When you, when you have the inspiration, just follow it and go. Don't, don't wait on it. Right. Or you miss the yeah. opportunity. Right. Right. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like if it's an overpowering, because really Clint, I think in the end, we all do what we really want to do unless we're held back somehow by our, our environment, our work, our relationships, whatever, our self, our self doubt. But if you get that overwhelming desire and you know, without a doubt, this is going to be a good thing. I think you have to act. So I just did that throughout my life. I went on from television to investment banking. I was in media still. Then I started consulting for big Fortune 100 and 500 companies, all about the convergence of media and technology. And then my kids were getting older, so I wanted to take some time off at the height of my career. And I started writing books and thinking I want to be a speaker. And I just started speaking and writing. And I would speak at Rotary. I'd speak at anyone who'd have me. And I would speak about things that I noticed throughout my careers <clears throat> about what makes you happy, what makes us really happy in our work, what makes us engaged. And like I say, I've always been very curious, so I always paid attention. And over the years, that's just evolved into lots of great opportunities for me. And, you know, I, I just... It keeps on going. I mean, I've got a podcast like you do called the Masogi Method, which is an extension of my TEDx talk. And and it's all about going far outside your comfort zone to achieve lasting positive change and success in your life. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I've been doing that as a kid since I've been a kid. Yeah. Just looking to go outside your comfort zone and do, do what, not only what needed to be done, but do what you wanted to do, right? A way of, of kind of accomplishing your dreams. I, I love your podcast. I've, I've been listening to your podcast recently Thank and you. seen your TEDx talk, which everyone should see. 
it's it's amazing. And I I actually am going to put a link to the podcast and the TEDx talk in the show notes. So please go go take a look, everyone. It's amazing what Jody has been able to to do throughout her life and and how following that inspiration that you've had and just going for it, what it's what it's been able to do for you. Yeah, it's really it's amazing. You know, the other thing is if a, if you have parents listening, you know, even I know you address a lot of the corporate environment. And as you know, I've done a lot of that. I also have a lot of care and compassion for parenting because I parented three very different kids. I had three kids in three years. They're still great. And they're in their 20s. And my oldest daughter graduated from the top business school in the world. She's a go-getter. She'll probably run Google someday. <laughs> I mean, she's just that kind of kid. Uh, she, 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 she probably will. She That's probably from will. what I've heard about While her. While doing amazing. musical theater and having kids, you know, like she'll figure it out. <laughs> she's That's funny. Amazing. Yeah. And then I have um, my youngest son was a college athlete, number one in his sport. And he's now a, a tennis pro and actor. And he's following his dreams of acting, which is tough, but he's also doing what he loves, which is tennis pro too. So that's really cool to watch his growth. And then my middle child, my oldest son, is half his life behind cognitively. So he doesn't look different, but cognitively, he cares more about going to Disneyland than, you know, pretty much anything and, and seeing his family and friends. He's, he's, he's my kind of guy. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's but excellent. The coolest thing about Christopher is that in a way, he's my best teacher. And I talk about Chris in my TEDx talk at the very end. It's something I shared. I, I hadn't shared before ever. I just kind of brought it into my TEDx talk. And Christopher, the cool thing about Christopher, and again, this is just something for your listeners to think about, is that he lives in the moment, literally. Everything for him is taken care of. He lives in this beautiful facility in Marin County that's funded by a lot of very wealthy people that have disabled kids, adults. Fortunately, I just got very lucky that he got into the main campus eight years ago. At a, he, was, he was the youngest one by a long shot. And it's a full-on program. Every single day, he volunteers. He does work. He goes horseback riding. He, his life is so full. Everything's taken care of. And he's just happy. He's just in the moment. And we all live either in the past or the future. And so with, with Christopher, I every day have to remind myself, let's just live now. Let's live right now. If I don't get something done, it's okay. It will get done. If, if I make something, if I move something forward, I stop and I reward myself because I got, some, I got that done. And I just think it's important to really stop, you know, and enjoy the moment and live in the moment as well as, you know, always moving ourselves forward. And because sometimes that can lead to a lot of stress. And if you live in the moment, you just, you can sort of exhale and just enjoy your life for a moment. And, and the interesting thing I found in my life about living in the moment is when I live in the future or live in the past, I sometimes miss not only some of the most important moments that are happening in front of me, but I, some, you talked about inspiration earlier. I, I miss some of the opportunities to be inspired by what's around me to give me maybe my best idea or my best next action in my life. I, I may be missing it, or I may just be missing out on some, some happiness with those that I care about most. Yeah. And, and when you do that, Clint, like every day I do this meditation in the morning and I always get out in nature. 
Those are the two things I always do every day. And I just find that it calms me and it makes me, it keeps me focused and it, and it gives me ideas. Like I get great ideas when I just quiet everything down and I just experience what's around me and notice it. And then I start to get ideas. And then here's another thing I teach people. When you know you're on the right path, you're always on the right path. So even if something goes wrong, you're still on the right path. I mean, I have too many things in life to talk about that I thought was the wrong path and it's never been the wrong path. So you're always on the right path. (laughs) It's your path. I like that. Yeah, it's your path. It's good. And so when you get that inspiration and, and it's right, here's a way to know it's right. You start to pay attention to the signs around you. It's almost like I bought a new white BMW. I used to have black. You know how many white BMWs I see around now? (laughs) So I start to pay attention or you're pregnant. I'm not pregnant anymore, of course, but you're pregnant and you see pregnant people all around, or you're in a restaurant and you're thinking of a new idea and you hear someone talking about it or talking about something they just watched or heard or read that you're like, oh my God, that sounds like that would really be valuable. I'm going to go look that up. That's happened to me so many times and it's incredible. And so you look for those signs to sort of validate that inspiration that you feel in your gut is something that you should go toward and you want to go toward, or you maybe need to go toward and don't want to go toward. <laughs> Sometimes that happens at work. <laughs> so <laughs> that happens all too often in lives. <laughs> right. And you, yeah. and you're in that space all the time. And so, and I used to be doing workshops and all kinds of stuff and speaking at companies. And, but I think if you pay attention to the signs, it gives you validation and then you can move forward with confidence. I love that. I love that. That's such good. That's such good advice. You know, as I'm sitting here thinking, I, I was I was just, you know, as we were going through it, what we've been talking about, it's been making me think again about uh, earlier, you, you just mentioned for a moment, a new course that you're doing. And, and I think you said the name was the unforgettable talk you were meant to give, right? Yes. yes. And that just, that stuck with me. And I'm wondering, what is that all about? How did, how did that come to be? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for asking. It's been a long journey. After I gave my TEDx talk, which was a huge, huge leap to do that. And it's a big process. And that's sort of a bonus I give in my course because you really need to understand everything involved in that. If that's something that's you you desire to do or you're inspired to do, that's a freebie in the course. But anyway, so after that, and I was writing and writing for all these magazines and I was speaking all over the world I thought maybe I could start helping people because like I get this and I'm not talking about just giving a TEDx talk, which I could definitely coach people on and have. So I started coaching people one-on-one, but it wasn't just about TEDx. It was about how to create and deliver the talk they were meant to give, no matter what walk of life they're in. It could be a talk to a child. I had to give a talk to one of my children that was probably the hardest talk I've ever given. And I followed the format and the structure and the undulations and the twists that you need in a talk to keep someone or in an audience engaged and sitting on the edge of their seat and really hearing your message. And so it's not just, I sort of evolved from the TEDx to saying, you know, a lot of people, every one of us has something to offer. We're all put on this earth with unique gifts and we all have a message we need to share. Like I say, it could be with one person. It could be with a small group. It could be on a grand stage. It could be at work. It could be with a boss, a colleague. It could be on and on and on. So I was helping people one-on-one and charging 
a lot of money to do this. And the problem was I only could take on so many people because I only had so much time. And so I thought if I could develop this into a course that a lot of people could take and I'd be teaching the same thing, but they could kind of go along their own pace and still get the feedback and have the group connection as well. I think it would add so much value to anyone who who has that special message. It could be a message of hope. It could be a new idea. It could be a notebook full of ideas. It could be something that they've experienced that has changed their life or something they've done. Like if you listen to my podcast, I've interviewed everyone from people that have reversed Alzheimer's to the top surf photographer in the world, to the man who invented whale shark, the whale shark tracking device, which I ended up swimming with a whale shark the week later, a week later in the Maldives to everyday people who've gotten out of very scary situations and changed their lives. So Everyone has a message. Everyone has something they need to share in some way, shape, or form to some person, group, or grand stage. And so I'm developing this course, and it really came out of that. And I'm launching it January 17th. So if you want to put it in your podcast notes, I'll send you the links. And then people can listen to the free audio training, which are basically the three things you must know in order to give an unforgettable talk. So that's sort of a sneak peek into what I teach. And it's free whether you take the course or not, enjoy it. I hope you learn from it. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of that. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on that and, and ramping up my podcast again. Yeah. That's, that's so exciting. Oh my goodness. Well, that, that course you're, you're, you're speaking about here. I mean, that's, gosh, that's, that's an amazing thing. I'm sure there are people listening right now that had never thought of it. Kind of like me, like when I think of, of like giving an unforgettable talk, I, I always think of, okay, I'm on the TEDx stage. I'm in front of, you know, hundreds or thousands of people. And it's this big thing. And that's, and that's what, you know, that's what these big time people do. Right. And instead of when I, the way you were describing it, even down to speaking to your boss, speaking to your employees, speaking to a child. I mean, that, that does, that makes you think a little bit differently about, about planning for that kind of a, that kind of a talk, you know, because, because usually I think we go into those nervous, those kind of discussions and it's, oh man, what do I say? And, and maybe you have a little like napkin with a few items written on it and you go in nervous because you're not prepared, you know, not as prepared as you could be. So that's, this is incredible that you're putting this together. Yeah. It's funny because when I did my research, I thought, should I just focus on TEDx and big conferences? And I'm like, I'm like, no, there are people that run TEDx events that do that. I can like that. That's why I included it as a bonus all about getting a TEDx talk. Which is so valuable because I have no clue how you get on TEDx. I right. mean, so, what, what so do you even do? It's like course, send an email. Yeah. It's like, yeah. so it's very, very involved. So that's free with the course because I thought I don't want the course to just focus on that. And if you have the structure of how to give this unforgettable talk, it like I say, the talk I gave to one of my children Trust me, it was unforgettable and it changed him and the direction of his life and it changed me and it changed our relationship. And so had I not known how to structure and deliver that talk, I don't know if it would have been very effective. So, and then also in my research, I I researched a lot of people who teach about public speaking. And even though this talk could be to one person, it's still public speaking, you know, you're, you're publicly speaking. And most people that teach these kinds of courses want you to make money doing it. So six-figure income 
in blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Get paid speaking engagements. Now, trust me, for me, that has happened as a result of all these big talks I've given. But the smaller, unforgettable talks I've given have been, honestly, even more important to me. I mean, it's great to be paid, but that's not my motivation. And like, I've given talks like that at work. And like the talk I gave at CBS that changed the direction of my career. Those are, and that was a 16 word talk. I don't think I said it exactly the 16 words I said. You know, sometimes your talks can be very short, but there's still an arc to every talk and a structure so that it's delivered effectively. You have your audience engaged or that one person and you have a call to action and you have a transformation, not only for you, but for them. And it literally can change you. Every talk I've ever given has changed me and it will change your audience and it can lead to great things. Just great things. I love it. I love it. So as we, you just mentioned action steps, what action step would you have for, for my listeners? If I have a listener that, that is interested in, in learning, just maybe, maybe, you know, giving a talk like this someday, or, or honestly just wanting to learn more about that. How do, how do they connect with you? Sure. So I know a lot of your clients are corporate people and I lived my life in, in that world for a long time and I've consulted for a lot of companies. So if you're in a company and you need to give a talk to your boss or to your team, you need to, maybe you need to give a motivational talk. Maybe you need to give a talk in front of the whole company. Maybe you need to give a talk to a colleague. You'll learn a ton about how to do that, how to do that right. And then you can use that for all the talks you give. And you could use it when you're talking to your family or friends. So for that group, it's very valuable. For If you're a parent, it's very important. If you're someone who just is entrepreneurial and you want to attract investors into your company, it's very important to learn how to deliver that talk. It's not all about slides. And I do have a freebie about slides, what not to do and what, what to do. So if you go to jodybmiller.com, and you go up to courses at the top and click on that. That leads to my um, the unforget- unforgettable talk you're meant to give course. But I also have other freebies. So if I can just send you those freebie links and you put them in the notes, that's the free audio training. And that's also another one about slides. If you're using slides, what you definitely do not want to do, your audience will just shut down. And then what you do want to do if you're going to use slides. So that's more for the corporate world. And I think- So you don't end up with death by PowerPoint like we see sometimes, right? Yes, yes. So it's about a seven page. It's really easy to read. It's real simple, but you're going to get the gist of it right away. And you're going to go, oh my God, I've done that. Or, oh my goodness, this is good. So this is based on years and years and years of me doing talks and me watching other people. In fact, I just watched- this will crack you up. I just watched this webinar of one of the most famous public speakers in the world. And all he did was read the text on his slides. Oh. And I was like, oh my God. And it was filled with text. And I go, oh my God, this is a disaster. You're like, but we're he, dying here. Why didn't somebody help this guy out? <laughs> well, he was so I known for so long ago that yeah. people just know him. And so I think they just put up with it. But I mean, I, I just turned it off and I took snapshots of his slides and, and said, okay, so here's what he's trying to say, because he just read, he just read, you know, so oh that's, you don't want to do that. We've, we've all, we've all been in presentations like that. I'm sure yeah. where it's that very thing. And it's like, okay, this is a little painful. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you got it. And you, well, like I said, if you, if you listen to the audio training, you'll learn about some, 
some tips and strategies for making your talk more interesting and how to perform it and how to come up with the idea. And like I say, it's just a little sneak peek into, into the deep dive. And and that's all free. I mean, that's, I mean, we, we can improve, we can probably improve our current communication and talks immensely just from just even that little free piece. So that's, that's amazing. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm happy to offer it. And I'm always coming up with new stuff. I'm, I'm working on another one right now. I, I don't want to announce it, but another freebie. I love giving free stuff away. If it helps, if you want to take the course, I'd love to have you in it, whoever is listening. But if you don't, you can still get great value out of the things that I'm giving away for free because this is based on a lot of experience and a lot of watching others. And we're, I'm talking about some very famous people and CEOs, and I'm talking about everyday people. I'm talking about parents in private school. And trust me, when you're raising a special ed kid, it's a whole nother world that you live in. So I was living in high-end San Francisco private school to special ed, get your kid out of here. You know, I mean, it was, I, I literally lived two lives raising my kids. So there's a lot about how you deliver that talk depending what camp you're in or public school. I was a public school kid. So there's a lot for parenting in there too. It's amazing. I love it. This is such a fun topic. Something that we often don't think about until we need it. Yeah. Then we go, now what? Let's just do yeah, the no, PowerPoint. Now what do we do? Next week, I got to give this talk and I don't know what to do. So oh, yeah. yeah, amazing resources. So somebody, you know, somebody, the funny thing is, and that's the fun thing I love about podcasts is some people are going to see this in time to hear more about your course in, in January and other people are going to, they're going to find this, you know, a year or two years down the road. So if you're listening, the beauty is Jody's been doing this a long time. Go, you can still go to that same website and mm-hmm. still learn about these things that you need to do so you can be ready when it's, when it's your turn to give that talk. Yeah. And you might have to give it this weekend. I don't know. I had to give one at the last minute to, like I said, to one of my kids and I sat down and really laid this thing out because I knew the structure and it worked. Thank goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love this. I love this. So go and so we're going to put in the show notes. Jody's going to send me those links. We're going to put these in the show notes so that you can get access to the podcast, to the TEDx talk she gave, as well as to this free mini course on being able to improve your talks. And then also learning more, if you'd like, about, about how to give the unforgettable talk you were meant to give. So much value here. I so appreciate you coming on the show today, Jody, and, and sharing all of this with my audience. Thank you so much, Clint. And I'm excited for your whole flavor of leadership that you're going to be launching. I'm just, I just think that's so cool. When I hear that, I think the whole flavor is so unique because we, we all have a different style of leadership. And I've worked with so many CEOs and C-level people when I was living in the corporate world with the work, happiness work. And everyone had a different, really had a different flavor, a different style. And I love how you're just taking that whole unique approach to leadership. I think I'm really excited to follow you on that. Thank you, Jody. It's been really fun doing this process with some of my one-on-one clients. And I'm excited to be able to to take that to to more people. So, so more information to come on that too. It's exciting. Great. I'm happy for you. Well, thank you again. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Jody. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the flavor of leadership podcast. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavorofleadership.com. Thanks for listening.